Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Oh, we're in 1 Kings chapter 1. Another of King David's sons tries to steal the throne. Kings. Israel wanted a king like all the nations around them, so God gave them Saul. He disobeyed God. Then God anointed David. Now, David is very old. He's about 70 and bedridden. Here we'll meet David's successor to the throne. First, his oldest son, Adonijah, then the one chosen by God, Solomon. The books of First and Second Kings serve as a backbone for the rest of the Bible. Scholars think that the prophet Jeremiah wrote it. These books are key to understanding the history and framework of the Bible in Israel. It's a spiritual commentary and a historical record on how Israel got it wrong. God made covenant after covenant, and a, that which a covenant is an agreement or a contract with Israel. What God wanted was simple. You obey him and he'll provide everything you need. That's still how he works. However, over and over again, the people broke the covenant. First, Adam and Eve, the fall of man. You can read about that in Genesis. Next, the Israelites whom he freed from slavery in Egypt. God had to give them the Ten Commandments, and they broke them. Now, God wouldn't have had to give humans the Ten Commandments if they weren't sinning. Yeah, think about that for a moment. The next generation got to enter the Promised Land, and they broke the covenant after each and every judge. They got into a vicious cycle. Now, King David, he broke the covenant with Bathsheba. Unlike the other people, he was repentant, and God forgave him and promised that his son with Bathsheba, Solomon, would succeed him as king. So the story continues. We're in around 970 BC. Let's dig in. First Kings chapter 1. King David was now very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. 
So his advisors told him, let's find a young virgin to wait on him and look after you, my lord. She will lie in your arms and keep you warm. So they searched throughout the land of Israel for a beautiful girl. And they found Abishag from Shunem and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful and she looked after the king and took care of him. But the king had no sexual relations with her. Adonijah. So about that time, David's son Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting, I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Spoiled. Adonijah had been born next after Absalom, and he was very handsome. Adonijah took Joab's son of Zariah and Abiathar the priest into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. But Zadok the priest, Benaniah son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Rei, and David's personal bodyguard refused to support Adonijah. Adonijah went to the stone of Joheleth near the spring of Enrogel, where he sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the king's bodyguard, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, haven't you heard that Haggith's son, Adonijah, has made himself king? and our Lord David doesn't even know about it. If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. Go at once to King David and say to him, my Lord, the king, didn't you make a vow and say to me, your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? And while you are still talking with him, I will come and confirm everything you have said. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. He was very old now, and Abishag was taking care of him. Bathsheba bowed down before the king. What can I do for you, he asked her. She replied, my lord, you made a vow before the Lord your God when you said to me, your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. But instead, Adonijah has made himself king, and my lord the king does not even know about it. He has sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited Abiathar, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army. But he did not invite your servant Solomon. And now, my lord, the king, all Israel is waiting for you to announce who will become king after you. If you do not act, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as my lord, the king, has died. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The king's official told him, Nathan the prophet is here to see you. Nathan went in and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Nathan asked, my lord the king, have you decided that Adonijah will be the next king and that he will sit on your throne? Today he has sacrificed, made a cattle, fattened, calved, and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest. 
They are feasting and drinking with him and shouting, long live King Adonijah. But he did not invite me or Zadok, the priest, or Benaiah, or your servant Solomon. Has my lord the king really done this without letting any of his officials know who should be the next king? Well, King David responded, call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king. And the king repeated his vow. As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day, just as I vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground before the king and claimed, may my Lord, King David, live forever. Then King David ordered, Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada. When they came into the king's presence, the king said to them, take Solomon and my officials down to Gihon Spring. Solomon is to ride on my own mule. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Blow the ram's horn and shout, long live King Solomon. Then escort him back here and he will sit on my throne. He will succeed me as king, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Interesting that he says Israel and Judah here. That keep that keep that in the back of your mind because that's gonna come that's gonna come in as a a part of history down the line here. Verse 36, Amen, Benaiah son Jehoiada replied, May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the King, decree that it happen. And may the Lord be with Solomon as he has been with you, my Lord, the King, and may he make Solomon's reign even greater than yours. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and the king's bodyguard took Solomon down to Gihon Spring with Solomon riding on David's own mule. There Zadok the priest took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with the oil. Then they sounded the ram's horn and all the people shouted, long live King Solomon. And all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. Adonijah and his guests heard the celebrating and shouting just as they were finishing their banquet. When Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn, he asked, what's going on? Why is the city in such an uproar? And while he was still speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Come in, Adonijah said to him, for you are a good man. You must have good news. Not at all, Jonathan replied. Our Lord King David has just declared Solomon king. The king sent him down to Gihon Spring with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada, uh, protected by the king's bodyguard. They had him ride on the king's own mule, and Zadok and Nathan have anointed him at Gihon Spring as the new king. They have just returned and the whole city is celebrating and rejoicing. That's what all the noise is about. What's more, Solomon is now sitting on the royal throne as king. And all the royal officials have gone to King David and congratulated him saying, may your God make Solomon's fame even greater than your own and may Solomon's reign be even greater than yours. 
Then the king bowed his head in worship as he lay in his bed. And he said, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who today has chosen a successor to sit on my throne while I am still alive to see it. Then all of Adonijah's guests jumped up in panic from the banquet table and quickly scattered. Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he rushed to the sacred tent and grabbed on to the horns of the altar. Word soon reached Solomon that Adonijah had seized the horns of the altar in fear and that he was pleading, let King Solomon swear today that he will not kill me. And Solomon replied, if he proves himself to be loyal, not a hair on his head will be touched, but if he makes trouble, he will die. So King Solomon summoned Adonijah and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed respectfully before King Solomon, who dismissed him, saying, go home. Oh, boy. Now, technically, Adonijah was next in line, yet we are told that he was spoiled, which made him prideful. Arrogance and ambition drove him to take what rightfully belonged to his younger half-brother. Notice that he deliberately didn't invite anyone who would call him out on his takeover. We know that God thinks about uh, what God thinks about pride. He humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Jesus several times says that about the kingdom of God. And we read that in Luke 18, starting at verse 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves, will be exalted. We're also told that Adonijah was handsome. Saul was also handsome. Forget good looks when choosing a leader. Stick with good character and integrity. Both of those are sorely missing from the current leadership in America. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. Now Solomon starts his reign with grace and mercy. He had every right to punish his older half-brother, but he didn't. What kind of world would we have if our leaders would rely on God rather than their own wisdom? We shall see how Solomon, like his father, starts out doing well and gaining wisdom. Then everything falls apart when his focus leaves God and centers on the world. Where is your focus? Is it on yourself? Is it on celebrities? Is it on becoming rich or successful? Well, it should be on God. 
If you have a true relationship with God, you have the greatest guide, helper, wise man, protector, provider, and king on your side. This king wants to be your friend. Jesus tells us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. Isn't it about time you invited Jesus into your life? Simply just do that. Invite Jesus into your heart, into your life and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I have, um, I am a friend of God. <laughs> it's a simple praise song. And it's so true. You, God wants to be your friend, but you have to invite him in. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.